So, in 12 days, something major, epic, huge, I really can't overstate it enough, is about to happen. Does anybody know? 12 days. I got, yeah, the Star Wars. Star Wars is being released. There you go. That's it, yeah. The, the second installment of the third trilogy, it's, I, I thought about it this morning, it is a trilogy of trilogies. I mean, it's not the, I'm not saying it's the trilogy of trilogies, there's just, there's three trilogy, I don't even know how you would say that. So it's coming out, it's, it's a huge deal, right? I mean, it's, it's an American institution, it's a global phenomenon. Uh, to say that it's going to be a blockbuster is probably an understatement because I suspect it will be the blockbuster of the entire year. It's, it, people are going to camp out outside. They're going to be wearing their pajamas. They're going to be wearing things that look like pajamas. They're going to be there, and it is going to be crazy. It's, it is just going to be that way. I know we're going to go see it because I, I do love the movies. I, I do love the films. Uh, the thing I love I, maybe most about them is the introduction part. I just, I love it, you know, uh, uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and then you get the, the music, da, 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 you know, and then it's the Star Wars, and it starts that scroll, you know what I'm talking about, that scroll up from the bottom, and that scroll goes out to outer space, it starts big, it gets small, and then, you know, it's telling you everything that you need to know in order to know what you need to know about the movie, and so it'll tell you something like the Empire is, wait for it, they're building another Death Star. Didn't see that coming the first time, the second time. The third time, we, we had some ideas, but so, you know, there's another Death Star being built. Uh, the Rebellion is doing its best, by golly, but it's just not quite there, and so they're going to try to duct tape together a few things and make this work, and and by the time that whole story scrolls off, you're there in outer space, and it pans to some planet or spans to some spaceship, and you are transported to a different place for two, two and a half hours. I mean, they get, they get longer every time, but that's where you go. If we could take that whole scrolling thing and sum it up, I think, in one sentence, I think we could maybe sum it up this way. That whole introduction, that whole prologue, that whole scrolled narrative is simply telling us to do one thing. It's telling us to look at everything differently. It's telling us to see everything differently. It's telling us to think differently. It's telling us that for the next two hours, we're not in Kansas anymore. We're not, you know, here. There's going to be different kinds of alien life, and there's going to be magic in the world, and that's going to be, we're going to call that the force, and it's telling you to see things differently. And as we begin a new series this morning, it's all about Jesus. Uh, the series is called This is Christ, and it's all about how Jesus changes everything. If you're here this morning and you are a Christ follower, then you could come up here, although we won't let you because that idea just terrifies me just a little bit. We could let you come up here and talk about how Jesus has totally changed your life. I know that some of you would, would tell me that He has changed everything about the way you think about your, your life, think about your work, think about your family. Some of you would come up here and you would tell me that He saved your marriage. I, I, I know that, and, and I could tell you that, that Christ has changed my life because He has. He's changed the way I, I think about people, the, the way that I think about work. The, he's changed me. And so, you know, some of us would just get together and we'd go, yeah, we totally get it. Jesus completely changes everything. 
And then there's perhaps others of you here. Maybe you're, you're here because you're curious about Jesus. Maybe you're here because you, know, you were drugged here uh, by somebody else, and you get that Jesus is really popular. I mean, he's got like the most recognized trademark in the world, just that cross thing, and you, you get that, but you're not entirely sure what, if anything, he's changed for you. And so this morning, what I'd really like to do is to focus on one aspect of the change that Jesus brought with him, and that is the way that we see everything. I believe that once you see Jesus, truly see Jesus, you will see everything else differently. Uh, the text that Destiny read is, is another sweeping introduction, another epic prologue that starts the Gospel of John. And John is written by one of Jesus' best friends, if not Jesus' best friend. The Apostle John, the disciple John, traveled with Jesus throughout his entire ministry. Uh, we know from reading in the Gospels that John and Jesus were very, very close. Uh, they were very, very good friends. And John starts his Gospel telling us the story about Jesus' life. And he doesn't start with the wise men, and he doesn't start with a manger, and he doesn't start with shepherds, and he doesn't start with any of those typical Christmas kinds of things. He just starts by telling us that in the beginning, and he goes all the way back to creation, he says, in the beginning, Jesus was already there. And he begins this epic just introduction that is telling us that we need to start to think differently. We need to start to see differently. He's telling us that Jesus isn't just a baby. He knows that those stories have already been told by Matthew and Luke. He knows that those stories have been recorded. What he wants us to know is that Jesus came to the earth with a mission. It wasn't that God was bored in the perfection of eternity, always being 72 degrees. He came here with a very express purpose and reason, and that was to change everything. Jesus came to change everything. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't a fun day trip for, for Christ to come and then, you know, kick it off being tortured on the cross. Jesus came with this mission to change everything. And this change is as dramatic as being in the dark and moving to a room that is full of light. And John likens Jesus coming into the world as to the sun rising in the morning. Now, if you're a morning person or you've been camping, you know that you can go out in the middle of the night and you can go out you know, right there at the peak of darkness and you can look up into the sky and you can see all the stars and they're super bright because the sky is just pitch black. But you know that as it gets closer to the dawn, to the sun coming up, that it starts to fade and that the sky gets a little bit lighter and that the sky gets a little bit brighter and that you know, all of the stars fade away and the sky starts to become light and then the sun will pop and rise up over the horizon. That's the picture John gives for us. If you're not a morning person, that phenomenon of the sun rising has been documented in video, and you can see this on YouTube. Um, National Geographic sometimes does specials on this kind of thing, but you can see this. It's a lot like the sun setting, but in reverse. I know, some of you, just blow, it's blowing your minds. I get that. Uh, but that's what John says. John says that, that it is a total revolution and change to the way that we see things. Uh, look at the text here. It says, In Him was life, and the life was the light of all people. And the Word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen His glory. Think of this as radiant glory, as brightness. We have seen His glory. The glory as of a Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. 
In the dark, our eyes, they play tricks on us, don't they? I mean, just this morning, I had put something by the side of the bed that I had forgot I'd put by the side of the bed, and I didn't turn the lights on, and I tripped over it. I mean, it's what happens in the dark. We miss those things because you can't see them. In the dark, if you've got just enough light, you're, you know, your eyes turn that shirt that's hanging up in the closet, and all of a sudden that shirt grows legs and hands and a head, and that shirt turns into a person in your closet because you can't see clearly because the dark is playing trick on your eyes. And that's what happens with our physical eyes. And John, I think, is making it pretty clear that that's also what happens to our spiritual eyes. That our spiritual eyes, before they have the light of Christ, they play tricks on us. And when Christ comes and He brings His light, and it says that He comes with truth, that that Christ comes with the light of truth, and that that light of truth shines on us, and we all of a sudden start to see things as they are. And it's not a book that you trip over, and it's not a shirt that's, you know, just a shirt hanging up in your closet. It's your life for what it really is. Jesus comes in all of His perfection and all the radiant glory of God, and it shines a light on my soul and on your soul and on God, and we start to realize, you know what? We are incredibly imperfect. And I'll tell you, I think that's the reason some people resist Jesus. They resist coming to Jesus is because the light of Christ and His truth, as it shines on them, they don't want to see the train wreck that they are. And maybe that's why you hesitate to come to church sometimes, is because you just, you, you're like, man, I just, I know that I'm going to come into this, this light, and I know that it's going to show me for, for the train wreck that I really am. But here's the deal. All of us who are Christ followers, that light has shone on us, and we know that we're train wrecks. I mean, I'm a train wreck. You're a train wreck. As a matter of fact, this will be so therapeutic. This will be, even be fun. You'll have fun here this morning. Look at your neighbor right now, look at him and say, you are a train wreck. Just in the, Some of you are having way too much fun with this. Now turn it around. The other, you know, we want to make sure you get it. Everybody gets that they're a train wreck. Yeah. That, that wasn't so bad. A few of you are crying. That's all right. It's okay. I mean, that's what happens. Christ's light comes. You got to stop now. I mean, this, you've taken this too far. Okay. <laughs> You know, Christ's light comes, it reveals who we are, and we realize that we're separated from God and that we're a mess. I mean, think about it like this. Imagine you're on a boat and you're in the ocean and a storm comes up and you get knocked over the head by, I don't know, the mass swinging, I don't, whatever that thing is that swings on the boat. It knocks you out, you're, you're laid out on the boat, you drift all night long, and you wake up in the morning, and as the sun comes up, you look out on the horizon and you realize that there's no land in sight, there are no boats in sight, you are totally hopeless and helplessly lost. That's where we are without Christ. But the thing is, when we're in the dark, we're still hopeless, we're still lost, we're still a train wreck, but we just don't see it. I, I want to illustrate this. I want, I, want to, I want to turn off the lights here for a second, so everybody be mature. Here we go. I just want to illustrate this a little bit. Here we go. We're going to, we're going to turn off the lights here. To, to illustrate, this is where we are Maybe we're not, yeah, there we go. To illustrate, this is where we are without Jesus Christ, okay? Now, here's the thing. We've got a little bit of light that's sort of in us, uh, and that light might be what we would think of as our conscience. We've been made in the image of God, and so we have a little bit of light to illumine us, and so we'll get a little bit of light here. We've got a little bit of light that we can kind of see by. It's not enough that you would want to go running uh, I mean, it's not enough that you would want to do anything real technical, and, and you might still trip over something, but you've got a little bit of light. 
the, the, the scripture kind of indicates this idea that when God gave us the law in the Old Testament, thousands of years before Jesus, we got a little bit more light. And this light is, is going to be a little bit better. You can see a little bit more, but it's not enough to, to read by. It's not enough to know what's really, really there. John makes it clear that when Jesus comes, however, that that's when we get the fullness of illumination, that we get all of the light coming back on. Okay, this is what it's like to see Jesus. This is why once you see Jesus and you see in the fullness of God's light, you will see everything else differently. And the beautiful thing about the light of Christ is this, is that it's not just the truth that Christ uses to illuminate, but it's also the grace. I don't know if you caught that there in the text. It says that Christ came full of grace and truth. The light of Christ is made up of truth, and it's made up of grace. And so while you may be waking up on the boat, you know, looking out at a hopeless and helpless situation with no land in sight... The light of Christ's grace enables you that when you get up and you look behind you, you realize that there is a rescue ship there waiting for you. Christ didn't just come to sort of illuminate the situation and say, man, that's tough. You're a train wreck. Good luck with that. He came to say, you are a bit of a mess, and I'm here to help you to clean that up. And once you see the reality of God's grace, once you see Jesus you see everything else differently. Once you see through grace and truth, you see everything differently. It's a radical change. The text tells us that you become a child of God. Why is it that you become a child of God once you see Jesus? It's because then you actually have enough light to see that you were already a child of God, and now you have enough light to accept that fact that you are a child of God. John chapter 1, verse 12 says this, but to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. You see, in Christ, when you see the light of Christ, your identity is changed because you are able to truly see yourself for who you are. In the light of Christ's truth, you see that you don't have things together as you had fooled yourself into thinking. But in the light of Christ's grace, you realize that you don't have to get it all together because God has gotten it all together for you. And it's this light, this new vision you have that will change the way you see. It will change the way you see yourself. It will change the way you see your work. It will change the way you see your family. It will change the way that you see your friends. It will literally change everything. But you have to have that right perspective. Our vision is so skewed. I, I, I'm going to show a video here in a second. It's uh, from Dove's Real Beauty campaign. I don't think it ever made it to TV. I, I don't know. I had never seen it. It, it. it is a little bit older. I had never seen it. Maybe you have. But I want to show it because it illustrates how we see ourselves differently than the way other people see us. So I want to I show that, and then I'll come back on the other side of it. I'm a forensic artist. Worked for the San Jose Police Department from 1995 to 2011. I showed up to a place I'd never been, and there was a guy with a drafting board. We couldn't see them, they couldn't see us. Tell me about your hair. I didn't know what he was doing, but then I could tell after several questions that he was drawing me. Tell me about your chin. It kind of protrudes a little bit, hmm. especially when I smile. Your jaw. My mom told me I had a big jaw. What would be your most prominent feature? I kind of have a fat, rounder face. The older I've gotten, the more freckles I've gotten. I 
would say I have a pretty big forehead. Once I get a sketch, I say thank you very much, and then they leave. I don't see them. All I had been told before the sketch was to get friendly with this other woman, Chloe. Today I'm going to ask you some questions about uh, a person you met earlier, and I'm going to ask you some general questions about their face. She was thin, so you could see her cheekbones. And her chin, it was a nice, thin chin. She had nice eyes. They lit up when she spoke. Cute nose. She had blue eyes, very nice blue eyes. So here we are. This is the sketch that you helped me create. And that's a sketch that somebody described of you. So yeah, that's... She looks closed off and fatter, sadder too. Mm -hmm. The second one looks more open, friendly, and happy. Mm -hmm. I should be more grateful of my natural beauty. It impacts the choices in the friends that we make, the jobs we apply for, how we treat our children. It impacts everything. It couldn't be more critical to your happiness. Do you think you're more beautiful than you say? Yeah. We spend a lot of time as women analyzing and trying to fix the things that aren't quite right. And we should spend more time appreciating the things that we do like. It's a pretty good video. It's a pretty good illustration of the way that we look at ourselves is often not as in tune with reality as maybe we would like to think it is. Um, there's a lot of places we could go with, I suppose, looking at that. But I, I want to focus on this, that, that we really just don't see ourselves clearly. We just don't see ourselves clearly. We don't see God clearly. We don't see reality clearly. I mean, my goodness, did you see that one picture of the lady? The hair color was complete. She described, she doesn't know what color hair she has, apparently. Her hair, according to her, was, was brown, and, and somebody else and everybody else saw her as, as blonde. I mean, she probably couldn't pick herself out of a lineup if, if she had her picture there. I mean, there's just something about that that just shows how totally skewed our perception is. It's not until we see through the eyes of somebody else that we see clearer. And if that's true for us, the way we look at ourselves through the eyes of another human being, how much more would that be true if we could see through the eyes of God where He sees with perfect truth and with perfect grace and with perfect light and with perfect clarity? This is why once you see Jesus, you see everything else differently. And so how do we get this vision? Well, it's really simple. You know, we've got to sort of help each other to do that. We've got to help each other to see that way. And if you're here and you're a Christ follower, you didn't come to see Jesus clearly except for somebody else helping you to see Jesus clearly. And if you're here this morning and you're searching, you aren't going to find Jesus just by watching some sort of YouTube video or some sort of tutorial online. You need help. We all need help to see clearly. I mean, really, do you think that these women in the video could have recognized themselves from their own drawing? 
The answer is probably not. And the question is, why is that? It's because they had a caricature of themselves in their mind. They had drawn in their mind a caricature of who they are. You know what I'm talking about, those caricatures where you've got like a tall forehead, big chin, you know, that kind of thing. You know, you get them drawn of you at the fair or the sidewalk, these kinds of things. These people just come and draw caricatures. That type of picture you can't use for a government-issued photo ID. You couldn't put that in there. You know, that kind of picture, you're not going to hold that up and be like, have you seen this person? Not going to happen. You know, but we draw these caricatures of ourselves and even of God. There's a lot of you, you've drawn a caricature of God. Your God is super, super angry. Your God's, your God's furious with you constantly. And maybe it's because you're constantly angry. Or maybe it's because, you know, you grew up in a house where somebody was constantly angry. And your picture of God isn't really a picture. It's a caricature of God. You've created God in your image, the image of somebody else, maybe the image of your parents, and you can't see Jesus for who He really, really is. Our situation isn't all that different from Jesus' own time. During Jesus' time, the religious leaders, they had set up this immense religious system that was supposed to point people towards God. The problem was that it was pointing people towards a caricature of God, which is why when Jesus showed up, everybody missed Him. John chapter 1, verse 10 through 11 says this. It says, he was in the world. It says, and the world came into being through him. In other words, he made it. Yet what happened? Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. Friends, we live in a time and a place and a world where we are blind to God. I mean, I'm a big fan of commercials. I love those nose-blind commercials where people are there and like they can't smell that their house smells like a fish market, you know, but their spouse can't. I don't know if you've seen some of these. I mean, you miss it because you're just used to it. It's like that set of shoes that you put on the bottom stair so that way the next time you go up the stairs, you remember to take the shoes upstairs, but those shoes have now been there for three days or three weeks or three months, we don't have stairs in our house for this very reason, because you just kind of get used to them. You just put it there and you just step over it. We do the same thing with God. I mean, we've got this caricature of God that is all over the place. You know, we, we've got his, you know, his picture on t-shirts. He shows up in movies. We've got the cross and in jewelry. Everybody is hashtag blessed. But, you know, we don't see God for who he really is. And it's not until we see Jesus for who he really is that we will start to see in the light of Christ. You see, John has described for us that Jesus just changes the way we see everything. And so if you're here this morning and you're wondering, you're like, well, how do I know? How do I know if I'm really worshiping Jesus or if I'm worshiping a caricature of Jesus? How how do I know if I've got the real true God or if I've got a a fake God that I've made? I, I think you can answer that question with one other question real clearly, real simply. Does the Jesus you worship, does he change the way you see everything? Because if he doesn't, he's not the real Jesus. Okay, he's just not. If the Jesus you worship and love and know doesn't change the way you see yourself, doesn't change the way you see God, doesn't change the way you see your family, doesn't change the way that you see your friends, doesn't change the way that that you see your work, if your Jesus doesn't change the way you see, then he's not the real Jesus. And it's time for you to have an encounter with the real Jesus Christ. That's one of the reasons why we've got you know, that reading program. You can follow along with us. We're going to read through the book of Ephesians this week. I'm sorry, First John this week, as it tells us about all the ways that Jesus changed John's life and that he can change our life as well. 
Friends, if Jesus has changed the way that you've seen, then don't you want your friends and neighbors and family to not walk in darkness? We're giving you all an invite card, and we've got a whole bunch more at the desk that, that just are inviting people to come encounter the light of Christ. You know, this is a season when we put up lights and we do all these kinds of things. And I would say, why don't you help others see Jesus more clearly? Start by inviting them to church because that's what we're about here at Bowling Green Christian Church. We exist to point people to Jesus. We, as a matter of fact, we say we want to become less so that Jesus can become more, that we would become more obscured and Christ would become more clear. So this morning, as we think about Jesus and we think about the way he changes everything, I want us to just take this truth home, that once you see Jesus, you see everything else differently. And if you're here this morning and you're a Christ follower and you say, man, that's me, amen, that's true, I get that, thank you for that reminder, then awesome. We're going to sing a song a little bit. I would just have you to pray and just praise God and say, God, thanks for changing the way that I see everything. And maybe start praying about somebody you could invite to to say, you know, I'd like this person to see Christ and I'd like to see them to see things clearly. Uh, perhaps you're here this morning and you've never seen Jesus clearly and, and you maybe caught glimpses of him at different times and in different ways and different places in your life. I, I want to just close with this one simple thought. It's this, is that once you start to see the light of Christ, sometimes it gets a little overwhelming. And sometimes people are tempted to sort of shut their eyes and go back into the darkness and say, you know what, I, I just don't want to go there right now. I would say this, the more that we go to darkness, the more that Scripture would say that we love darkness the more difficult it becomes for us to walk into the light. And so I would say this, once you see Jesus, once you see the light of his truth and his grace, you need to grab hold of him. You need to accept that free gift of salvation. You need to surrender your life to his leading. Walk into that light, a changed person. If that's you and you've got a decision to make this morning, if you want to say, man, I want to find Jesus, I want to see him clearly, we want to invite you to come forward as we sing this song. Why don't you stand as we do that?